0: you feel you're stuck in a dead-end job And your boss looks like a guy from the mob Do your best and don't be a slob Be a rock star or not a blob Stay positive When you're trying to get your master's degree With a spouse at home and a kid or three It's tough for a while but not eternity Smile, whistle and believe Stay positive Welcome to week four of Stay Positive. During this series, we are helping everyone to get positive and then to be a positive influence on the world around us. We've started this with this big idea that our loving God is working in every situation for our future good. If we can Uh, internalize that. If we believe this then that is going to make a huge impact on our outlook because it tells us that whatever we face, every situation, we know that our loving God is working behind the scenes and he's going to use every situation for our future good. Yeah, it might not look good in the here and now, but ultimately God is working. He is so powerful, so sovereign that he can use everything for our future good good but in addition to that we need to not just believe that but we need to model that as well and that's the shift that we made last week and that is to start thinking about how we can be a positive influence on the world around us if this is what God does then we as followers of Jesus should be doing the same kind of thing expressing love working in every situation for the good of those around us Jesus said that the greatest commandment is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it. It's, they're all a package deal that we love our neighbor as ourself. And so we should be loving others, working in every situation for the future good of those around us. However, we are encountering a lot of frustration and anger because... In this current situation, especially, we're not seeing everything happen the way that we want to. Agendas are blocked, frustrations are encountered. I know uh, yesterday we were going through the drive-through at uh, McDonald's, and it was a double drive-through. And so, if everybody you know takes their turn and moves in sync, then that's gonna work out just fine. However, we placed our order, we were waiting for our spot to come up and when our spot came up, the other person just kinda shifted right in front of us. When we got to the window, they had, I think, paid for whatever our order was and then, uh, so our order had already been paid for and they had to call the manager and clear that and ring it up again and it could have been a situation that was very, very frustrating because it caused delays. The drive through was backing up behind us and it reminded me that opportunities for frustration are going to come all the time. And especially now it seems like with all of these limitations and frustrations and, and uh, difficulties that everyone is facing, we're encountering and seeing a lot more anger around us and it's an opportunity for anger as well. It could have been a very frustrating situation because if the person had just taken their turn, then all of the delays, all of the frustrations that resulted could have been avoided. But I didn't feel frustration and anger in that moment because of the work that I feel like the Lord has been doing in my heart. And because of that, I was able to think differently and then act differently. And that's our bottom line for today. If we are going to be a positive influence on the world around us, then we cannot be going around with just anger spewing everywhere and with every situation be on a a hair trigger for frustration and blow ups and anger. We have to think differently about our situation so that we act differently and we can be a positive influence on the world around us. And I noticed this with driving early on because I noticed that sometimes when I was driving and people would do stupid stuff around me, that that would cause me to get really frustrated and angry and I wanted to lash out and I would say things in my car to other people that I would not say to people if they were within earshot. And then there were other times that I noticed that things could happen and then I didn't respond that way. I was able to be a little bit more uh, understanding and just kind of let it roll off of me. And what that taught me, what I realized was that the other people were not making me angry. I was responding out of the anger that was already here. See, we'd like to think, that if everybody just acted the way we wanted them to, then we would not be so angry. But the reality is that when other people do their thing, that what it's doing is actually uncovering, it's, its showing what is on the inside of us. Because when we get squeezed, what's on the inside is what comes out. So, We want to deal with what's on the inside. We want to, uh, I hope that as a result of our talking together this morning, that you will be able to think differently about the situations that you face. And then that anger will not be a controlling influence in your life. Instead, we'll find some other way to think about what's going on and as a result, be able to act differently and be a positive, healing, helpful influence on the world around us. So we're gonna look today at uh, a little section of the passage that we began to look at last week. This is Ephesians chapter four, verses 22 to 32. Let me just go ahead and read it to you. It says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit, listen to this, renew your thoughts and attitudes. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for, a ne- for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender hearted, forgiving one another, just as God forgives. Through Christ has forgiven you. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. And I pray that as we look at it today, that you will help us to make that change on the inside. You have promised to give us a new heart and a new mind. And so I pray that you would accomplish that promise in the lives of all of us right now in this moment. Help us to think differently. Change our lives from the inside out so that we might be a positive influence on the world around us, that we will do the good things that you created us to do and prepared for us to do every day. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So in this passage, we see the Apostle Paul as a pastor speaking to the church and in particular giving the kind of instruction that uh, new converts would receive, people just starting out their walk with Jesus. And he would describe it as putting off that old nature, the old way of life and putting on, taking on a new way of life. And as part of that, towards the end of this passage, he deals with this issue of anger. Ephesians 4, 31 talks about it like this, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. So here he is saying that we're going to get rid of, and notice the inclusive language, all of it, everything associated with anger and bitterness, and all of these different words that are used. And uh, I like, the way that uh, in this book, uh, if you have an opportunity to pick this up, this would be great. It's called Fighting the Fire, Biblical Strategies for Overcoming Anger. And in this uh, little booklet, he goes through this verse and talks about all the different aspects of anger. So bitterness, for example, is an un, the way it's defined in that book is an uh, a stubborn refusal to release those who have hurt you see everyone is going to be hurt everyone is going to encounter people that are going to do them harm from time to time but bitterness is that stubborn refusal we've talked about how forgiveness is saying to someone that I you don't owe me war anymore, anymore. Well, bitterness is saying, you owe me, you owe me. I'm never going to let you out from this debt because of what you have done. A stubborn refusal to release those who have hurt you. And that needs to be replaced. It needs to be replaced with forgiveness and then you have rage or wrath which has the idea of a flaring outburst of anger this is something that just explodes when your anger explodes and that needs to be replaced with patience and then anger here, the generic word, is talking about not an explosive anger, but just kind of that slow burn, the slow burn. That's what gets revealed when somebody cuts you off in traffic or pulls in front of you in the McDonald's drive through line. It's that slow burn. The harsh words is the idea of clamor or a contentious public quarreling that's when there's just this uh, bickering and Anger and back and forth and sometimes you might see that in the store You might see a video on Twitter. You might see examples of this on Facebook clamor or Harsh words or a back-and-forth kind of contentious quarreling and then Slander is speech that is intended to injure. Say, I'm angry at that person and so I'm going to use my words to try to injure them, to try to inflict harm. And that needs to be replaced with kindness and grace and truth. And then it says, as well as all types of evil evil behavior, that might be translated in your translation as malice. Malice is that evil, Intent, a desire to harm others. So you can see that anger has different flavors and gets manifested in different ways. But the bottom line is that none of this is going to be helpful and we need to get rid of, set aside all of this, all of the bitterness, all the rage, all the anger, all the harsh words, all types of slander and evil behavior in order for that to happen, we do have to think differently. We have to think differently if we're going to act differently, if we're going to respond differently. And that's what's prescribed because the very next verse in this passage, Ephesians 4, 32 says, instead, we're, we're going to shift. We're not gonna allow that anger to control us and then to manifest itself in all of these different ways. Instead, what is prescribed Is kindness, be kind to each other, tender hearted, tender hearted. You see, most of the time when we're angry at someone, we are hard hearted towards them. And this is prescribing a different approach to be tender, understanding, Uh, forgiving one another. Uh, if we're going to release the bitterness and anger that we feel, then we have to make that decision that I'm not going to try to collect on that debt anymore. You don't owe me anymore. And how can we do that? What's the example for that? just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Because ultimately it all goes back to the example of Jesus. How did we start this? Well, what does God do? God is loving heavenly father who is working in every situation for our future good. What are we supposed to do as followers of Jesus? We're supposed to mimic him. We're supposed to do the same kinds of things that he does. And well, what has he done? He has decided to forgive us, to pay the debt that we owed with the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. He has forgiven us undeservedly, but ahead of time without reservation at great cost to himself. And he asks us as a result, as followers of Jesus to do the same kind of thing. Now, it would be one thing just to say you should be all of these things. You should do all of these things. But we need some help, right? If How exactly do we make this kind of dramatic shift from anger to instead kindness, tenderheartedness, forgiveness? And if we're going to do that, then we need a way, a strategy for thinking differently about what's going on. One of the best definitions for anger that I've encountered is a blocked agenda. When do we feel anger? It's when something that we want, our agenda is blocked, uh, either by circumstances or some person or some action or some situation. And so if we're going to get rid of this unhealthy anger in our life so that we can be a positive influence on the world around us, we're going to have to figure out a different agenda an agenda that cannot be blocked by those situations. We need to think differently so that we can act differently. And thankfully, in the scriptures, we are given exactly that, a new agenda, a new way of thinking about the circumstances and situations that we face. And so I want to look at that. In James chapter 1, verse 2 The James is a letter from James to the church as a whole. And this is his starting instruction. James chapter one, verse two, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now, this is a totally different way of thinking about the frustrations, difficulties, blocked agendas, all of those things that cause us to become angry. Because all these various types of trials that you are going to face, he's going to encourage us to consider, to think, to uh, to do the calculus on our situation differently than we have done before. So rather than when we we encounter trials and difficulties and frustrations to, uh, to see them as blocking our agenda, he says instead, I want you to consider it just a pure joy. A pure joy. Now, that doesn't even make sense. How, uh, when you first read that, it's like, no, trials do not cause me joy. When I don't get what I want, I don't just suddenly break out into song. That's not how the world works. But he's saying, I want you to think differently. And then he gives the reason why. Because. How is it that you can encounter all kinds of trials and consider it pure joy? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Now, let's let's kind of unpack this and see what he's talking about. Why? The testing of your faith, the testing of your faith. What is it doing? It is proving your faith. Sometimes on the bottom of a cardboard box, you'll see a little certificate that says tested to 300 pounds per square inch or something like that. What is that saying? It's certifying the structural strength of that box. And this is the kind of testing. It's not testing to prove that you'll fail. It's not testing trying to trip you up. It's testing that proves, that shows, that demonstrates the strength of your faith. You know that when the testing of your faith, what does it do? It produces perseverance. See, our uh, these trials that we encounter are building up our faith. Muscle it produces perseverance perseverance has the idea of bearing up under something to to stand under the weight of something so he says when you encounter these various trials you should know that it's it's building up your strength it's proving the strength of your faith that the reason that that these situations come into your life is not to destroy you not to crumble you but to prove the power of your faith to build that faith muscle it produces perseverance and then he goes on to say let perseverance let this action of bearing up under those trials, finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You see, when these trials come into your life, rather than seeing it as a blocked agenda, how about if our agenda was a strengthened faith? How about if our agenda was to show that no matter what comes into our life, God can and will use it for our good and that each situation that comes into our life is an opportunity for us to look at it and decide to embrace by faith The truth that God is sovereign, that he is good and that he is so powerful that even in the worst of situations, he can can do a jujitsu move on them and use them for our good and for our benefit. And even things that the enemy of our soul or the the people around us intend for our harm, he can use for our good. That's a different way of thinking about it. And when we think differently, then we're not gonna respond with anger because our agenda isn't blocked. Uh, No matter what comes our way, no matter what comes into our life, it's going to strengthen and prove the strength of my faith. And if that's my agenda is to persevere, if that's my agenda is to build that faith muscle, then everything that comes into my life is going to help accomplish that purpose. God's purpose in our lives. And so we don't have to be frustrated. We don't have to be angry. We can consider it pure, unadulterated joy because God is accomplishing a good purpose in our lives through what he brings about. And what's gonna be the end result? The end result will be, I will be strong, I will be complete, I will be mature in my faith, not lacking anything, I'll have everything that I need to face whatever comes my way. And all of that happens as we think differently about our situation, gain a different perspective, adopt a new agenda, For our lives. The Apostle Paul talks about the same kind of thing in Romans chapter 12. He says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's similar imagery to and similar idea to what he used in Ephesians. You know, you're going to put off that old way of thinking. You used to conform to the pattern of this world. You used to think the way the world thinks, respond the way the world responds. But we're not going to let, as one translation puts it, the world squeeze us into its mold anymore. Instead, transition, contrast, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're going to think differently about what's going on. And this is the promise of God to the follower of Jesus. Last week, we focused on how when you become a follower of Jesus, he gives you a new heart. He replaces that hard heart and gives you a new tender heart. And that's what we need to remember that other verse be tender hearted towards others. Here it's the promise of a new mind, a new way of thinking about things. 2 Corinthians 5:17 that we looked at last week, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old, everything old has passed away, behold the new has come. A new life, a new way of thinking about things, a new way of responding, a new power to live the life that God has called you to live. And this is what is promised, a renewing of the mind, a new heart and a new mind. And so I'm going to encourage you, maybe uh, you realize that your problem has been anger and that you've just got this, this, this slow boil that you don't seem to be able to deal with and don't seem to be able to get rid of and you've prayed about it and you've thought about it and you've done behavior management and tried to uh, deny it or deal with it in whatever way. But what Jesus has promised in the gospel is I'm going to not just change the way you think, I'm going to give you a new mind, a new mind and a new heart. And really, I don't see how you overcome anger, overcome these frustrations, deal with things differently until you get that new mind. And so in addition to the new heart, you need a new mind. You need a new way of thinking about things. And what God has promised is that we have as a follower of Jesus, the mind of Christ that he replaces our old way of thinking about things and seeing things from a purely human perspective. And he's going to let us in on his thoughts and his way of thinking about things and give us the ability to see the world around us through his eyes. That is part of the promise of God to every follower of Jesus. And so, I'm gonna encourage you not to try harder, not to just do things differently, but to accept the gift of God, a new heart and a new mind. And the way that you do that is by simply saying yes. Jesus uh, came, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, a death he did not deserve, so that we could receive the grace and forgiveness that we could never earn, He will give you a new heart and a new mind. He will forgive you of your past and write a new ending to your story. All you have to do is say yes. Yes to his forgiveness. Yes to his leadership. Yes, I want you to come and take control of my life. Give me that new heart. Give me that new mind so that I might be able to follow you all the days of my life. So if you have never done that, I'm gonna encourage you to say yes right now. Uh, No matter what platform you're watching this or listening to this on, you can text yes to our church number 603-225-2550, and we'll be able to celebrate with you and resource you for your new life in Christ. If you are watching with us live on the church online platform, you can click that button that says raise hand. And then perhaps even more importantly, click on that next button that will come up that says connect with us so that we can again, celebrate the decision you're making and resource you for your new life in Christ. What we're talking about is not behavior modification. We're talking about transforming you from the inside out. And that is the promise of God to every follower of Jesus. We don't have to conform to the pattern of this world. Instead, we can be transformed by the renewing of our our mind. And then the result in the second half of this verse is that then, You will be able to test and approve. You'll be able to to recognize and prove in your life, through your actions, you'll be able to live out what God's will is. And what is God's will? It's good and pleasing and perfect. His good, pleasing and perfect will. When we say yes to Jesus... When we are in his word and constantly renewing our minds, then he is transforming us. And as a result, we're going to think differently. We're going to have a different agenda and be able to interpret things in a different way because we're seeing things through his eyes and we will, as a result, act differently. We're going to better mirror the image of God to the world around us. And so my challenge for you this week is like we said earlier in today's service, part of what we want to accomplish is for you to uh, make progress spiritually. And we're going to encourage you therefore to complete the growth guide for this week. What is the growth guide? The growth guide is is the notes to today's message. It includes questions so that you can kind of meditate on and think through what we've talked about. It will redirect you to the scriptures so that you can read and respond to the scriptures. And then it's also an opportunity for you to interact with others, to talk over and talk it out with others. And so every week we provide a growth guide that goes along with the message so that you can make progress spiritually and go deeper relationally around the content that we have been talking about so if you go to cornerstone growthguide slash growth guide that will take you to a group that you can join and the whole purpose of the group is just so that we get your email and we can send the growth guide to you on a weekly basis so you go you join the group you, you sign up for it and then every week, you will get the growth guide in advance of that weekend services so that you are prepared and you can take that next step. So I will encourage you to go deeper with the content of today's message, to read and respond to God's word, to go deeper relationally with others around the content that we've been talking about. Complete the growth guide for this week. This is strategic on our part. We want you to get in to God's word on a regular basis. We want you to be interacting with others. And so take that next step, make this uh, what we talk about and what you've heard today, uh, a part of your life by reading and responding to it, talking about it over the course of this week. I really believe that God is able to take people who are chronically frustrated, anger, angry, who have held on to bitterness for a long time, who are prone to outbursts of anger, who have that slow boil of frustration that's just ready to surface at any time, And he can transform you into a person who sees God's work and God's hand in all the things that come your way, who recognizes that no matter what the world throws at you, God's agenda for you is not going to be thwarted that you can take refuge in him, that you can weather whatever comes your way and it's not going to tear down your faith, it's going to prove the strength of your faith and that every situation rather than being an opportunity for anger and destructive outbursts will instead be an opportunity to build your faith muscle and to mirror the kindness the forgiveness, the gentleness of your heavenly father to the world around you. That's what he wants to accomplish through us. And so my hope and prayer for myself, for you, for all of us is that we will accurately reflect our heavenly father to the world around us and that they will not see an angry, bitter people, but a people who are at peace in the love and sovereignty and goodness of our God and reflect that to everyone that we meet in every situation. May we have that kind of week. Heavenly Father, I thank you that that is possible. I thank you that you have given us a new heart and a new mind And I pray that we would reflect all of that to the world, that you would use us to accomplish the good things that you have planned for us in this week. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.